You're listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with me, Caroline Blair, alongside Chris Patterson. And this week we are joined by Australia head coach Dave Rennie. Great to have you with us, uh, Dave. Thanks so much for, for your time. Uh, you're no stranger at all to uh, the Scottish, Scottish rugby fans or to the Glasgow Warrior fans. Uh, what do you think about your time uh, that, you, that you spent over here in Scotland? Oh, I loved it. Mainly around the people. Um, fantastic uh, group of staff and players. Um, really, you know, the fans, the um, 24th Warrior and... Um, uh, it was really special. Just a lot of great people. And have you seen? And you, we'll, we'll come on to uh, we'll talk about Australia, obviously. But uh, have you seen? Well, you will have seen a lot of the URC in the last season or so with the South African teams coming in. Have you seen a shift in the the competition from um, from when you were involved? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, obviously the Africans struggled initially and played a lot of games away from home. And as as teams all around the world find when you got to travel and play them in South Africa, it's a challenge. So. Yeah, look, I, I know there'll be a lot of guys still excited about playing in Africa. It's You generally get pretty good conditions and similar time zones. It's not difficult to travel down there and, uh, and you adapt and you learn. I reckon New Zealand teams for a lot of early years struggled to play there, but it but got to a stage where even playing at altitude could um, outlast the locals. So, yeah, it takes time. And you're based in, in France at the moment, is that right? What's the plan for the next week or so then ahead of the, in the build-up to, to Scotland? Yeah, we're at, um, well, just out of Saint-Étienne and, and, yeah, not far from Lyon. Uh, and, and our World Cup, we've got two games here, Saint-Étienne and, and one in Lyon. So uh, we've got a base here. So we're, we're trying it out for a couple of weeks. Uh, so we've got full use of the place. We've set up a gym. Uh, that'll stay for from now until the World Cup, and uh, it just gives us a chance to make any tweaks and changes. So yeah, so we'll prepare here. Uh, we'll fly up to Edinburgh on on Thursday night, and then head back here again and prepare all week, and then go to Paris uh, on the train on Thursday, like we will uh, during the World Cup when we've got a game in Paris. So uh, it's a great opportunity to try out things and, and make any tweaks. It is a it is good looking ahead to World Cup, isn't it? Because you obviously you played England three times in the summer. You have the rugby championship, but on this tour, you're playing five games back to back. You know, with a with the Six Nations teams other than England, who you've played already this season. So, there's good planning in that, and, and there'll be a lot of learning in that in terms of what you might face uh, in a year or so's time. Was that part of the the strategy to play all the Northern Hemisphere sides? For for me, it's more around getting opportunities to play as much test footage as we can. We've we've got a pretty young side, and I compare us to you know we've got less than twenty five percent of our boys have played thirty tests or more. I think the All Blacks are in the 50s, the Irish are in the 60s, and and also got a lot of players. I think by the time Ireland get to a World Cup, they, they could have as many as 80% of their team has played 30 tests or more. So, and on the back of that, you know, play 30 club games a year. So, uh, we've just got to get a lot more footy into our boys. And uh, the Australian A program has been fantastic. Uh, they got three games over in the Pacific earlier and three games in Japan against a good Japanese side. So, you know, we've, we've, I think we've brought about nine of that group away with us as well. And you know, some of those guys will feature against Scotland. Just just on that, I think there's five uncapped and you've got an average age of, of 27. And you say the, the split of caps. I mean, you've got guys like Michael Hooper and James Slipper with 200 plus, 250 caps between them. So the rest of the squad is quite inexperienced. Not a huge amount of Northern Hemisphere playing experience either. Maybe Will Skelton and Nick White and Andrew Kelloway. So again, the... Your experience and those players' experience becomes really important to the younger group as to what to expect in, on a Northern Hemisphere tour, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, as you know, with the uh, Six Nations, they're the real arm wrestles, those games, and 
and sides up here are very good at staying in the fight. And, uh, you know, that's something that we're still trying to develop too. We've, you know, you'd say we've been inconsistent. We, we can beat the best teams in the world uh, one week and you've got to be able to back up next. And so, you know, playing back-to-back five tests against five different teams, big challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have to share the load, and, uh, but great learning for us. Also mentioned um, Hooper there as well. He, he took some time out. He's now back in the fold, not as captain on this occasion. Uh, can you give us any indication how, how he's doing following his decision to step away to, to work on his mental health for a bit? Yeah, uh, he, he's fantastic. Um, sort of jumping out of his skin to play. Uh, and and we, we knew that because, you know, he's texting me during the uh, South African tests and the All Black tests. And so he's very engaged in the process. And yeah, he's, he's got himself in good shape. Yeah, so he, look, he's, he's keen as and ready to go. He's obviously not captain. Uh, we haven't got him in the leadership group, but already he's having a massive impact around the group because... You know he'll he'll lead through example, and you know he's uh, he's a smart man who um, you know, has a lot of respect within the group. So um, yeah, we're really excited to have him back. Yeah, quality player, such a you know such a a level of experience and and, and competition as well. I mean, he's uh, I can't remember if I played against him or not, but it looks as if I would hate to play against him. Like he's a real <laughs> in your face seven, but you've got quality in the back row as well, Dave. I thought mm-hmm. um, like Pete Samu and Rob Valentini in the the rugby championship were excellent. Fraser went right. I mean, you've got a lot of quality uh, in that back row, so it'll be a not that will have to. Well, he will have to fight for his place, but there's a there's a depth there that, as you say, with five tests and five weekends, you're going to have to you're going to have to use. Yeah, and um, yeah, you look at someone like Pete Samu's. That was incredible at seven uh, yeah. against the All Blacks in the Test in Melbourne, uh, but just obviously a lot more familiar with the six and eight and. So he's uh, genuinely versatile and, and gold for us. On that theme, uh, you you opted not to include Jack Dempsey when you first took charge of Australia. He's now through eligibility. He's now able to play for Scotland. Gregor Townsend decided to include him. What are your thoughts on that on on that decision and that transfer for Jack? Yeah, obviously he's uh, he's decided to make a commitment here. Um, John Manson rang me recently to try and tell me that don't pick him because um, they want to make him. <laughs> Local and it's one less foreign player for Europe. So, um, <laughs> uh, but look, um, well, we've spoken to Jack a number of times, and and you know we haven't picked enormous. We, we're restricted in the amount of overseas players we can pick, and and uh, yeah, that may change in the future, but not in the immediate future. And yeah, so look, I mean, it's great for him. He's obviously got Scottish ancestry, and the laws changed, and his opp- opportunity for guys to to play after a three year period. So. Um, yeah, oh, look, I'm, I wouldn't surprise me if uh, Gregor plays him early. You know, he, he'd have a lot to play for against us. He's got a lot of mates in the opposition, and um, so we'll see how that pans out. Can you imagine the crowd? Mossy, <laughs> what a no. great game it's going to be all round. It's, it's, it's such yeah. a good stadium to be as a fan, isn't it? But yeah. from an opposition coach's perspective, what, what's it like? Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. Um, <laughs> but, um, I know. Look, it's a brilliant stadium to play at, uh, and obviously we were there last year, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been there as a spectator a couple of times when I was over there and uh, watching Scotland play, you know, England and um, and being successful. It's yeah, it's an amazing atmosphere, and so and that's good for our boys. It's it's a really good preparation for a World Cup. You're going to get full stadiums out of vocal, and yeah, so it's no better place to start the tour, I reckon. Yeah, you see that. I actually remember one of the highlights of last year was that game, that Scotland Australia game, mainly because. The emotional charge, the atmosphere. It was the first time it was a full stadium for probably mm. eighteen months, two years, 
it was a tough old game. I had a look at it this morning again, 15-13. Scotland came out and top two tries to one. But I felt it was the emotion that surrounded the game that, that probably helped Scotland more than, than yourselves, probably hindered yourselves. Will that experience be valuable this weekend or next weekend when you when you play Scotland again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I thought we didn't have to win the game. That, that was the frustrating thing. We, you know, we scored a try that got disallowed and then carded, which was, you know, um, following that game, an apology around the decision. And when it's when it's a two-point game and you you get denied seven, it has a bit of an impact. So, but it was a real arm wrestle. Um, and, and as we know, you got to take opportunities when you get them. And we didn't, so... You know, we've, uh, we've got a number of guys who, who are backing up on this tour and keen to make amends. Yeah, I, I, I remember, I, I see, I went back and had this vivid memory of a lot of line breaks, a lot of you know, quality attack, blistering attack, but there was only three tries. And the three tries were all scored within three phases. There was a, a kind of a shift drive at the front for Scotland. Mm. Uh, and from the line out, there was a, a kind of two-phase play down the short side from a scrum and your two-phase play from a scrum as well up in the midfield and then kind of back. So it was quite... Funny how there were so many quality bits to play, but it was the set piece that created the three tries. I suppose through your experience in club rugby on, on both hemispheres and now international rugby, international rugby is a, it's a different game to club rugby, isn't it? Those, those real moments of set piece set the foundation. And for all the quality in the game, it's just that detail around some of the starters that, that can make a big difference on the on the international stage. Yeah, it depends who you're playing too, doesn't it? Um, yeah. There's a number of sides that they don't want the game to go beyond two or three phases. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you might see in France would be maybe one of them. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll definitely kick a lot. They'll kick a lot. You know, and, and you know, South Africa mm-hmm. have designed their game around that. They're happy to play without the ball and, and defend for long periods and uh, try and profit off that through um, stealing a bit of ball and counter off that or... or um, you know, putting you in a corner and hurting you. So, yeah, look, I think Scotland and us probably both got more positive mindsets around how we'll play. But, you know, I mean, neither side want to overplay down there into the field. So, you know, you're right, it's the nature of the game. There's a lot more kicking in an international level. Do you keep in touch with, with Greg or Dave? Um, yep, not, 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 not greatly, but we, we trade messages. Often, often when he's playing someone else and um, <laughs> I'll send a message um around how they've gone or, or, or vice versa. He'll send us messages when we're playing in the rugby championship. So, um, yeah, we, we managed to catch up and have a beer after the game last year in the changing room. So, yeah, I look forward to that. Obviously, uh, JD's in the coaching group and, um, you know, he was with me in my last year at um, Glasgow. And, um, and then you look at the amount of players, there's um, still a heap of guys who, um, you know, they're either um, established Glasgow players or young fellas coming through the system. And uh, so, um, you know, I really enjoyed catching up with a lot of those boys last year. And a great opportunity. Just, sorry, sorry. Just, just on that, are you, you mentioned John Manson before, Pump, the Glasgow manager. Are you still in a WhatsApp group with him? And if so, is he as cheeky as ever? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't. I can't even tell you what the group's called, let alone uh, the title. <laughs> but he did send me a message that he wants a couple of uh, tickets uh, centre main stand. He, he reckons that the ones he'll get from uh, Scotland won't be as good. So um, <laughs> I did get him tickets last year, and uh, when we lost, he rather than being gracious, he sort of said, "Oh, look, uh, that'd be tough to take," but he he was happy with the results. So if he wears a um, a Wallaby jersey on a weekend, I'll, I'll get him a couple of tickets. <laughs> that would be a great 
it would be a great opportunity to to catch up with uh, sort of familiar faces for you and for a lot of your your uncapped for your younger players that are coming through who perhaps haven't spent much time in Edinburgh. It would be a great opportunity for them to see the city. Will they get chance to do that? Have you factored in some some downtime while you, while you're here? Yes, it's not a lot. I mean, ideally we'd be there a week, but we've placed the importance around uh, being in Leon uh, for as much as we can. Once we once we uh, leave Paris, we're then on tour. We've got a week in Florence, uh, a week in Dublin, then a week in Cardiff. So, yeah, unfortunately, only a couple of days um, in Edinburgh. So um, I know um, John Humphreys booked us in. It's not John Humphreys. Uh, John Manson booked in a dinner last year that I ended up paying for. So he's probably, he's probably got plans for that again on Friday. And just one, just one last one for me. The, the support you get on the road is always great. Uh, my experience of playing Australia at, at BT Murrayfield, there was always a a big Australian contingent, whether it was people travelling or people, you know, living here. You, you'll um, you'll have some friendly faces in the crowds at, at these kind of five cities. It's um, is that something that obviously helps the players, but is it something you're aware of? And, and will there be interaction maybe b- between the fans and, and and yourselves? Yeah, I mean, we'd love that. Um, are you right? There's there's, uh, there's a lot of expats uh, over this side of the world, and um, you know, we noticed that yeah, last year in every venue we played at, so. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look, it's important because, you know, we've got a World Cup over this side of the world next year as well. And so uh, we'll, we'll certainly embrace that. We wish you all the very best after the 29th of October, Dave. Thanks so much for your time. Great uh, to see you. Um, and, and here's to, to a good automation series ahead. Uh, Australia look, head coach, Dave Rennie. Thank you. I, I have to say, I think that the late kickoff at BT Murrayfield mm. uh, with Australia has to be up there with one of my favourite fixtures. I'm so I am so excited about this one. Well, well, it's funny because that's why I no, but one of the reasons I brought up last year because I can vivid, vividly remember the kind of emotional, charged atmosphere, the kind of manic approach to the, the game, and I, and it, we felt at the time it was probably a reaction to having not been together on mass sold out at BT Murrayfield for the eighteen months or whatever it was prior to that. But there's also a, a real Excitement, and we've said, we've said it last week. We said it the week before. We said it for months. I think in the way that Australia play, and I think I don't think Australia have been have had the reward in terms of results for how good they are. No, well, obviously, you could say that they're maybe not as good as I think they are as well along those lines. If you if you look at results, but in terms of the three tests against England in the summer, uh, the loss to see is two one. But there was only I think maybe thirteen points or discrepancy across the three matches. You know there was a they had that that late match where they're against all blacks where they were winning and the penalty was to kick to, to touch was chalked off for going too long and all blacks scored mm-hmm. so, so that that's a two points in that and whatever so i just think they're really exciting the way they play the dynamic fast aggressive style of play that dave likes it dave had success with you know in, in new zealand and in, in relatively success in scotland so um i think that adds to it and i think the fact that it's going to be darkish by the time certainly by the time they're finished it's um it does it brings that it brings emotional charge to the atmosphere but <laughs> in terms of dave he never gave us much away never. it was obviously quite garbage <laughs> uh, yeah, the kind of smile on his face more often than not but i think where he did give some away was how close an affiliation he had to scotland your first question you could feel that yeah, straight yeah. through and it was the same when he was here. here yeah yeah he absolutely loved it and it's such a great time and it was kind of that was the 
the moment he thought, well, yeah, it was genuine. And then when he talked rugby, he kept it a wee bit closer to his chest, as he should do, as he should do. But as you know, when you think about um, the rugby championship that's just been, that was all over the place in general anyway, but they've had, they've had, such, a, they've had such a busy run, actually, looking into this. And, and, and I thought, was it about 10 games for Australia between now and, and the Rugby World Cup? So yeah. he, he's in a position where he, he, he can be guarded and he can, I guess, play around a wee bit with, with that. He's got a lot of injuries as well. I mean, they've got a lot mm-hmm. of injuries. One or two, I think the, the biggest disappointment from his point of view of the, the Rugby Championship, or one of the big disappointments would be the, the discipline. The discipline was poor. Um, yeah, that's been a recurring Yellow cards, penalties. It's been, and then you add the amount of injuries on top. It's, um, it, it, you know, it, it was it was difficult, but kind of the one in Argentina the first week and then lost the second week. Um, they beat Australia. Uh, they beat South Africa, so the first week, lost the second game, um, and they were so close with New Zealand in that first one, and then were heavy beating the second game. That's tough opposition. We travel yeah. on the road, you're in, which we, I think, underestimate in the Northern Hemisphere. He hinted at it there in terms of the URC and, and the travel involved. Um, but I just think the five games in five weeks is hard as well. So this is a it's tough hard. tour. It's a tough <laughs> tour with some missing, but if they fix their discipline, if they get positive results and they're in a, a, kind of a familiar place where they're going to be in terms of World Cup preparation next year, it's almost a dry run for, for World Cup stuff. If you're going to do five tests and five weekends with travel, um, it's a it's a big tour and it's a, it's a it's a big building block for for uh, for Australia. Um, and you know it's a, it's an important it's an important five weeks. So they'll want to get off to a good start against us. So do we. But this is the thing. Now you don't like me saying this, <laughs> but we do we do have a good record against mm-hmm. Australia in recent years. And and you know that this is a game where as a fan you you've got you've got that real opportunity to see an amazing Southern Hemisphere side mm-hmm. that's on its World Cup journey themselves too in, in that type of environment, in that type of stadium. And, and for Dave Rennie, this is, this is a really big game. It is. Uh, there's, there's a, there'll be a response to last year as well, because it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't niggly, don't get me wrong, it wasn't niggly, but Dave would like nothing more than coming and winning you know, you know, against his mates, effectively, in the coaching department. <laughs> and people he coached alongside, people he knew well, that's what you want to do. You want to you, you want to prove that you know, you, can, you can do it. And I thought Scotland were excellent that day. Uh, he was obviously a wee bit disappointed with, with how Australia played, but I think that that emotion I think will 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 spill a wee bit. There won't be a huge amount of players maybe across the two sides that would have started last year. Would they start this year? Um, we don't know that, but I think last year will have an effect as well. I think the close relationship and the friendships and rivalries he has will have a will have a a bearing on the emotion and the intensity. And because it's the first game, it's, you know, there'll be mistakes because you've been playing uh, kind of URC rugby or, or, or professional rugby rather than international rugby in the, in the weeks preceding it. But the, uh, the Aussies have played a lot of international rugby as well through that summer, through that rugby championship. So so they'll be wanting to hit the ground running. And as you say, really looking forward to it um, in the weekend. Scotland will face Australia, Fiji, New Zealand and Argentina this October and November at BT Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh in the Autumn Nation Series. Tickets for Scotland's fixture against New Zealand have already sold out. Secure your tickets now for the other matches. In the URC, Glasgow Warriors is meeting with the Lions, which was postponed at the weekend after, well, I mean, it was nearly the whole squad uh, were shut yeah. down, weren't they, Mossy? Yeah, I think it was 32 players in squad. Now, there'd be a, a 
probably playing squad of I don't know was it maybe thirty six that went over and and the staff and stuff like that. So that's a that's a massive proportion um, who struck by illness. Uh, obviously there was uh, there was some illness prior to the first game against the Sharks, uh, and then it obviously really too cold thereafter. So similar to Elster as well. I can't remember was it nineteen players and staff perhaps that, that were well in the end it was twenty twenty nine. Uh, oh, was it twenty nine? Yeah, oh, yeah. It, all, selling them all, short. Yeah. So that's all uh, in. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, there's infection control all the time, you know, heightened obviously by COVID, even before COVID protocols. When you're training in a camp, you're living in a camp effectively, you're traveling together, you're eating together. There's, there's a whole host of kind of infection protocols that we're all used to. Um, but obviously some things you, you can't avoid. And it was, uh, you know, it was uh, it must have been a pretty, pretty tough trip for a lot of people, obviously. Uh, you can only imagine what the scenes would be like. Um, but yeah, the difficulty now is, is, is getting that fixture replayed. They're getting the two fixtures replayed, but, um, you know, it's, it's important that they are replayed. But yeah, no no fixture for, for Glasgow last week. They, they're at home this week uh, to Benetton on Friday night. So there'll be a lot of energy and passion yeah, and how, angst built how, up. They'll be desperate to get out and play. <laughs> but how does that how does that play out as well? Because, you know, obviously we don't we don't need to go into the graphics here, but like we, most of us have all experienced a stomach bug uh, and the thought mm. of playing, the thought of playing URC, uh, you know, top flight rugby, it doesn't entirely appeal <laughs> a, week, no. a week after. Well, so no. so how, how do they manage this? How does Franco Smith manage this? Well, I, I suppose it depends on how long ago the players were struck down. I mean, I think, you know, I don't think it was everybody on the same day. I think it went on for, for, for days. So some, by the time you play, Benetton on Friday, some will be maybe two weeks out or sort of ten days since the since their illness, and others will be closer to that. So it's uh, there was obviously a core group of players at home as well that were that were training, they were up to uh, up to speed. There's obviously players who were in South Africa with Scotland uh, with South, uh, with uh, Glasgow, sorry, will be with Scotland. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a difficult time to manage, but I think the the recovery and the the protocols in terms of hydration and uh, in isolation and, and refueling the, the the medics and SNC and the players are all really quite hot on. So hopefully, you know, with the, the right supplements and the right training they can you can get over it quickly. And as I say, I think I think it's been a disrupted start for Glasgow, mm, hasn't it? Has been. Yeah, the, the preseason mm. and it's it's just that flow and how good they've been at home and you know how disappointing at times they've been away from home. So the season just needs a a boost of momentum. And I think the players will feel that and I think they'll uh There'll be whoever takes the field on Friday will be going all out. So just there'll just be this massive expulsion of energy because they'll be desperate to get in front of the Scotland crowd again and, and, and get back to winning ways. Well, talk about a, a boost to momentum then, you know, for, for Edinburgh rugby. It was a very, very different picture, a far more attractive picture uh, for Mike Blair in Parma. Yeah, um, five points away from home on the road against a, you know, a Zebra team that, that have improved massively, especially the attack. Um, but I still think Mike and the players will be a wee bit frustrated. Now yeah. it sounds it sounds like I'm not undervaluing how hard it is A to win away from home and B to get five points away from home. It is. It's not many teams, you know, in the URC do it. Um and Zebra have pushed, I think, the Stormers, Sharks, and Leinster reasonably close at home prior to the, the game against uh, Edinburgh. So it was a fantastic result. But I, 
I, I still thought they could have maybe hoped to have been a little bit sharper, especially in the second half. Second half, yeah. Yeah. Talk I mean, the first half was clinical, really, wasn't it? It was excellent. You get a bonus point, and it's difficult. I mean, the opposition will always have a period in the game where they come into it. I thought Zebra were pretty cute at slowing the game down, obviously down to 14 men, and they slowed it down. And, and Craig Evans, the referee, was hurrying them up, and they would, you know, quite, that's what every team would do. And it's hard then when you maybe have one or two mistakes or handling errors, it gives them the opportunity again to slow the game down. And um, so there'd be frustration. They, they were also down to 14 men. I themselves, mean. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was everywhere. But then Edinburgh, yeah, both got a yellow card, didn't they? So there was, uh, mm -hmm. there was a period where that evens out. And then, yeah, it, it's, I think because it was one or two kind of skill errors, it gave Zebra the opportunity to. Dictate and manage the, the speed of the game. Um, some of the tries that were scored were excellent, uh, and you know, there's a lot of players getting valuable game time in URC. Uh, Listen, five points away from it's great. That's exactly what I need. Uh, Edinburgh got to Cardiff this weekend, who had a, a great win themselves at home against Stormers, and Cardiff's form at home has been been really good. I know they took fifty points at Glasgow, and they've been disappointed away from home, but Cardiff at home um, have been playing a, a, a quick brand of rugby. Uh, and they the toppled the Stormers on was it Friday or Saturday last week. So so Edinburgh's focus quickly has to move from from Parma um, to Cardiff to Sunday fixture. So they've got a longer a longer rest, uh, a longer time to prepare. Um, but then the break, don't they? there's a URC break after this. So so to go into that with a win or two wins away from home would be would be really good for for Mike Blair and the team. And of course that was the first away win that they had. And like you say, getting a second. So so with the break in mind for both sides, then. Is it an inconvenience as a player? Would you almost rather rather keep the momentum going, forgetting the international squad depleting your your own? Um, is the break welcome? Um, I think it is. I, I, it depends how many games you've played, how much game time you've had, but the players train intensely as well. Um, and I think can you make it, given your season blocks uh, and small chunks effective over the whole season is a really good way of periodizing and focusing and. and you know, breaking down the season, it makes it, it sounds like revising for an exam, but it makes it manageable. Mm. And you can really have pure focus on the five game block or the six game block or the two game block. And you can incentivize different ways. You can set different themes for different parts of the season. Um, arguably, if you're going really well and everything's going for you, you want to keep continuing. But if you think about end of season and, you know, can you knock out stages and finals? It's truncated a bit anyway. You've got European, you've got URC, you've got week off, you've got bye weeks. You have to manage all these wee things. And I think organising your season as it is into chunks gives a really good kind of mini goal for each chunk and you can reassess. So um, I think I think it's a good thing. And, and ultimately it gets the, the players, well, most of the players will get an opportunity to, to either rest, not all will rest, some will rest, some will do extra fitness, some will do extra injury for prevention, some guys will do extra skill work. Um, some will play obviously international rugby and have to manage back in so it's part of the calendar and, and I think I don't really see it as a hindrance I see it as a, a window to, to get better uh, or a window to rest and yeah I, I think breaking up the season makes it more manageable Well we look forward to a fine weekend of URC action before that uh, international break then Glasgow Warriors welcome Benetton at Scotson on Friday night at 7.35pm and Edinburgh Rugby are away to Cardiff on Sunday with a 3pm kickoff.
Let's turn our attention to the Fosrock Super 6 and this weekend it's the showpiece final at the Dan Health this Sunday, the 30th of October. So to get a head start on the battle then, let's welcome Watsonians hooker Cal Davies and Ayrshire Bulls fullback Liam McNamara. Great to have you on chaps. Uh, thanks very much for, for joining us. I can see in the background... It looks like you're talking to me from, from the damn health, but for the benefit of those that are listening to the podcast, uh, tell us what you've been up to today. Well, you start, Liam. Uh, so we've just been uh, getting a few photos done and a, a few other interviews and promotional stuff for the weekend. There's a few friendly games uh, trying to knock some bottles off uh, the plinth and uh, <laughs> so it was quite interesting. Are we starting on the elbows already, chaps? Are we, are we getting ready for the <laughs> weekend? Friendly at the moment, <laughs> friendly for now I like to hear that well listen Liam as the defending champions we'll start properly with you so Ayrshire Bulls swept past Boroughmuir Bears it was 17-0 in the playoffs at the weekend what was the changing room like after the game? Um, yeah it was a really tough game but there's a, a lot of relief I guess to get through that game and get to the final um, I think it's a big achievement for the club to to make the final again this year. So after that game, I guess it was just all eyes forward onto the final. And Cal, you, you know, when when you've both been at the summit of the table for, for the duration, I guess this is the final that certainly a lot of the fans were were hoping for. That, But as a player, this is the ideal scenario, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess, you know, you look back to the sprint where we finished that, but I guess it's not really the cherry on the top uh, because there's no final showdown. Uh, and then Air being the, you know, reigning champions, it was kind of, it's nice to have, you know, that final chance at the end of your season. And looking behind us here, um, you're on the damn health, so we're, we're talking about an artificial surface. Is that something that uh, that's affected the preparations in any way, shape or form for both sides? Well, it's uh, it's definitely different to Millbrae and uh, the semi-final that we had on the weekend, but uh, I don't think it changes too much with anything on our side. Uh, we've been playing the same way all year. want to be physical up front and then hopefully finish well with the back. So I don't think the pitch changes too much for us. As a hooker, do you, as a forward, Cal, do you agree with that sentiment? <laughs> it kind of terrifies me that it almost <laughs> is going to be a faster game. So uh, if anything, I'll kind of echo what uh, Liam was saying there. It's just going to be a physical upfront battle and hopefully our backs, you know, can match up with uh, airs and no doubt it'll be probably an entertaining game. And to be honest, look, we could talk about form for both sides, but if we if we even just take, for example, and I think Ayrshire Bills, you, you've conceded what, just 46 points at home this season. Both of you, in terms of your form, have, have really dominated the top of the table. So looking at this encounter and, and the showpiece final, does the venue of it change uh, change the setting for you? Does it add to the excitement? Does it add to the, the build-up, I guess, for, for what is already going to be a cracking final? Um, of course, a final is always a big occasion. Uh, the Some of the boys in our group have played here last year in the final. So that helps us out a little bit with that kind of experience. But uh, it's finals week. Everything's excited. Uh, the boys are all up for it. So they're just looking forward to getting in, stuck in. Uh, Fergus Pringle then. Cal, what's, what's he saying? to? How's he looking ahead to this weekend? Well, we're training tonight, actually. So whether there's any changes... We'll definitely find out. But again, nothing will change too much. You know, we've had a pretty successful, you know, past year. So, you know, we'll try and keep the same kind of same form that we've had for the past year going into this weekend. Uh, hopefully the result will go away. 
and 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 the super six that you know the fudge super six it's had time to really bed in now so from a player's perspective we've seen the fluidity between the professional clubs uh, you know the fudge super six the movement around with that what's your personal perspective on the fudge super six and, and what's it like to play in this this league yeah i think it's a really good competition for myself uh it's my first year playing in it and as you can see there's been like pro releases uh and boys getting picked up to those professional teams throughout the season so i think it is a good uh competition to have and kind of a pathway into that pro level so i think it's really good what they're doing over here it's got scottish rugby for me i guess i've shown my age here but i played in the premiership back in 2013 mm. 15 and you know i've been lucky enough to play the full entirety of super six at the moment uh, but you can definitely tell the step up compared to the old premiership um, this, this the analysis that you do extra, the gym work that you do extra, it's just the physicality at the weekends, uh, the speed of the game at the weekends. It's just a step up from whatever it was before. And has it helped you um, in terms of a player how you approach the game? That in that sense, and for example, I'm guessing that your summers don't quite look look the way that they did perhaps before the Super Six step up. Yeah, I guess the the more professional environment uh creates like the, a lot more rugby focused uh and probably less holidays and and whatnot you're definitely um you got to put the time in to actually get the results so from my point i i'm not really complaining with the summer rugby to be honest <laughs> it's uh, we're now beginning to get into the glimpse of what used to be the old seasons of you know just starting the rugby and it's, it was raining last week and i can't say i missed that so i uh, i'm more than happy to continue the way it is going at the moment. We're all putting our hats and scarves on and you guys are getting your feet up just about that right time as well. Yeah. Um, Pat MacArthur, contract extension for, for the two years there. We've talked a bit about Fergus Pringle. What's, what's Pat like to play under? He can't hear you now, so you fire it will. <laughs> nah, Pat's really good. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience, uh, both playing and coaching. Uh, he's had a, a success last year with the boys uh, and I think he gets along with uh, all the lads as well. Uh, we have a really good connection with him so that, uh, and there's that respect there so that we actually can go out there and, and do what he's asking. And um, I think we've seen that it's led to our success last year and this year. So uh, yeah, Pat's a really good coach to have. And I guess one of the benefits of, of this being at the Dam Health and the entire purpose behind it is, is again, we've said that showpiece final, you know, it's a it's it's the grand final, the, the bigger event. What difference do you feel it would make to have the crowd there, to have the, the atmosphere being different to, to a home game elsewhere? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's good. Like it creates that um, environment that shows that this competition is the next level up from the Premiership. And I think it just creates that atmosphere of rugby. And that's what we play for. Like we play for these big moments. We play for the crowds, play for all the excitement. So we're just looking forward to it. Cal, where does this sit on your, your own journey then, I guess, from, from that? You, you talked a bit about the, the transition that you've had from the Premiership through to the Fosrock Super 6, but, but you're now in, in, in the final. How, how are you feeling about your own journey in, in this specific moment? Uh, well, I guess it kind of reminds me of 2015. I was in the BT Cup final at Murrayfield. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a great occasion as well. I really enjoyed that. But I think the stadium here... I've seen some of the games at Edinburgh I've been playing and just the smaller capacity, a bit more intense, the fast one pitch. I think it just all builds up towards an exciting game. 
Uh, as I said before, the physicality, the speed that we play at now is definitely a step up. The analysis that we've done is a step up. So we definitely know it's going to be a massive challenge this weekend, but we're, we're looking forward to it. Well, listen, speaking of, of challenges, before we, we go, Liam, I, <laughs> I have to put this to you. I mean, you played your age grade rugby, your sevens rugby for Australia, uh, but but you're li- you're living in Scotland now. Which colours are you going to be wearing this weekend? Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't been here for too long, so I think I'll keep my <laughs> my gold colours on for this weekend. Oh, it seems like the line might be dropping there uh, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Chaps, thanks so, so much for your time. Um, of course, the Foz Rock Super 6 final takes place at the Dam Health this Sunday, the 30th of October, and that's with a 4.45pm kickoff. Here's to an exciting game to round off what has been a cracking season for Watsonians and for Ayrshire Bulls. Thanks both and go well this weekend. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. We now have a clearer idea of how the GP Sevens will look. Huge congratulations to Kieran Beattie, former Scotland Sevens head coach, now programme lead for the men's and the women's game. Great to see his name up there, Chris. It is, yeah. Um, you know, somebody we know well, somebody we've spoken on the podcast a few times, just well ahead of the, was it the second last tournament? Um, mm-hmm. we, we spoke to, to Beattie, and it's uh, it's been a difficult time, obviously, with just a bit of uncertainty, and um, you know, it's great to see him heavily involved. He's got so much to give, uh, and he'll, be, he'll enjoy that role. Um, and the kind of, I suppose the, the makeup of sevens is you contribute in loads of different ways. Like you, you do share responsibility and you share, uh, you know, the, the program. So he'll be lead, you know, for, for the men's and the women's team. But I've no doubt he'll be on the field at times too. He'll be in analysis too. He'll be he'll be uh, he'll be mucking in and uh, and the players are involved. Congratulations to them as well. It's a it's a it's a good representation. Um, you know, the Scottish players and. and you know, underlines their, their abilities and their potential uh, as part of the GB squad. And it's interesting, we, you know, we've, we know that there's a 16-man core squad. Uh, for the women so far, there's nine. They are all English. But an interesting one uh, for, for the fact that the rest of those places in the core squad are going to be decided after the, the Women's Rugby World Cup. So quite, quite an interesting wait for the women. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know really know I mean there's loads of candidates and there's loads of kind of players who have performed well um, in, in Scotland Sevens and and you know something shown up uh, Campbell springs to mind and having been involved you know, at a kind of GB level as well so and obviously Lisa Thompson and, and everybody involved in the, the Olympics so it, I don't know if it's a focus on 15s or a focus on 7s is what they're looking for now or whether it's the players can do both I, I, I assume that's maybe part of the, the selection process and what you're what you're expecting from your players because I think it'll be harder for the women to do both now that you know the the 15s is potentially becoming more professional as is the sevens it's a um it's a pool on the on the same pool of players if that makes sense but it's interesting I mean we've got loads of candidates in, in Scotland that, that could go in and there and make a difference it'll be interesting to see uh, to see how it pans out oh there you go 11 11 men's rounds seven women's rounds in the 2023 HSBC World Rugby Seven Series tournament to look forward to between November and May what an exciting time for the sevens game so the countdown to the men's autumn nation series is well and truly on so if you haven't bought your ticket for Australia already there aren't many left thank you to all of our guests today Dave Rennie Liam McNamara and Cal Davies we'll be back next week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast until then you can keep up to date with the latest news and content on Scottish Rugby's YouTube channels and social media channels too 